right. So I'm sorry I'm using this mic because it's such a small group, but just for all the people that aren't here, just a reminder. Anna, get up in here. Come on. Just a reminder tonight, all the Team 1 people and all the Team 2 people are at that event for Alton Hardy and Brian Fickert. So that, that, y'all got off easy. That event started at 6 and ends at 9. So aren't you glad you're here? B.A. Warehouse or something? B.A. Railroad Road Park. Warehouse. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. Let me say a brief prayer and then we'll talk about what we're going to do tonight. Let's do it. Father in heaven, thank you for the food we've eaten tonight. Thank you for another night of sharing our lives together. Thank you that lots of children are around us. Uh, Please be with those teaching in 201 tonight, uh, talking about important things. Fill them with your spirit. Be with us tonight as we talk about indigenous leadership and lifting up and supporting sub-dominant cultures. Uh, Help us be wise, uh, think well together, grow in appreciation for your grace and mercy, and operate out of that with faith, hope, and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Joe, will you close that that door right there? Thank you. That piano's not going to bother anyone but me, but it's going to get to me. All right. So y'all, does everyone have the sheet of paper? The, the main thing we're going to talk tonight, okay, in just a minute is what in the world will team three and team four say next week? Okay. And it's, it's totally fine if the answer is we give 30 second reports. It really is. Um, so, uh, so we're going to spend a lot of time tonight just talking about what has team three learned What has team four learned? And I'm going to remind you of the calendar. Our class ends next week. That's really just a very first small baby step. We're not about done with this project. We're just learning the ABCs to get a good start together. Okay. So zero pressure. Uh, I almost regret that team one reported last week because it was so impressive. <laughs> um, but if you think about it, from one perspective, they had the easiest job. What they reported on was things that are very quantifiable. Team three is thinking about things that aren't very quantifiable. And team four is thinking about how will the diaconate in a new way help our whole church Serve the poor outside of our body. So that's way harder, big picture, long-term work than just producing a report on poverty. They did an excellent job, but it would be bad if Team 3 and Team 4 stood up next week and said, we have it all figured out, because it wouldn't be true. And, and, and one reason it's true is I've been doing things like this for a very long time, and I don't have it all figured out. So we'll talk about this some tonight. Let's look at this. Uh, God, his people, and the poor. Just remember our title for our class. This is a team project on poverty alleviation. So some of you don't have master's degree in adult education, but this has been a very adult ed class. So you've, you've noticed that you've done a lot of work and come and talked a lot, and there hasn't been a whole lot of lecture time. And that's even tonight, it won't be like that. But here's, I want to show you two quick things in the book of Acts. So if you have your Bible... Open to Acts 14. Um, 
Okay, so Acts 14 is one of these passages where Paul is on one, on one of his missionary journeys, okay? And in 14, 1 through 7, Paul and Barnabas are at Iconium. And then they move on to Lystra, right? And what happens after our passage, um, well, let me, I printed verses 21 to 23, but let me tell you what happens right before what I printed here. So I'm going to start in verse 19. But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium. These are places where Paul had been previously, okay? And Antioch was the first place to send missionaries out toward the Gentiles. But Jews, now these would be Jews who've not believed in Jesus yet, came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. So number one, they were pretty aggressive, Okay? They came and they stirred people up. Paul is preaching that the Messiah of Israel has come, and that's good news for the nations. Jews are following him from other towns who were mad because he's convinced Jews and Gentiles now to believe in Jesus. So Jews are coming from other towns. This is like people coming from Montgomery to tell you that you should kick Robbie Holt out of your church. Does that make sense? You know, Because I went down there and preached at some kind of church service, and they came up here you know, to, to tell you, you should get rid of me, which that might be a good idea. But this, so this is people that are very upset about Paul's message, okay? And then they stoned, they, they, they stirred people up. They stoned Paul. And how bad was he injured by the stoning? They thought he was dead. <laughs> so he was, he was uh, unconscious, severely injured, okay? So pretty big moment. Now look what Paul's response Verse 20, but when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. That's the city they drug him out of. (laughs) So he went back in, and the next day he went on with Barnabas to Derbe. Now this, our context here is he's in the city of Derbe. When they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch, the very place all this conflict had come out of. He went back to those cities, and look what he does. He went back to those places, verse 22, strengthening the souls of the disciples. That This doesn't mean the apostles, right? This is the, the new believers who are now disciples of Jesus, right? This is not the 12 disciples. This is Christians are now called disciples, okay? Strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. Now, if Paul says that, that's actually like, oh yeah, that, that sounds like you know um, something that that I could uh, believe in. Um, he means that. <laughs> you know, this guy was stoned uh, last week. Verse twenty-three, and when they had appointed elders for them. In every church, with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. So when Paul went around, he had this itinerant ministry, talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. He paid for it dearly. After he recovers, he goes back to the very places where the conflict is, and he, he raises up and appoints with the church's indigenous leadership. Okay, so that's just one thing we get from this passage in in the midst of all the drama, okay? So here's one thing that you and I can think about, about doing ministry among the poor in pockets of severe poverty in the city 
that's very different from where our church is and where our people live. We need to have good partners there, quote-unquote indigenous leadership, people from those cultures embedded in those cultures. And one of the worst things we could do, I'll just put it in in, in a metaphorical, maybe you've seen it before, example, is drive down with big SUVs, open up the back, and dump stuff off and drive back out of their neighborhoods. That isn't what we need to do. It's just go offload stuff because we have more stuff and they have less stuff. What we need to do is find indigenous leaderships that we say, you guys are embedded here. You understand the culture. You're part of the culture. And you're trying to make this place, you're trying to help this place thrive. And we want to invest in you. Everybody see that? Okay, good. Now, second thing, Acts 6, 1 through 7. We're going to just go back to a passage we've read already in this class. Hey, Aaron, what'd you bring us? Awesome. <laughs> if, if, if you want chips, Aaron's got extra chips over there. Okay. Okay, was it? Was it? Does he? But there, hey, there's a, oh, there were a lot of cookies. They're gone. Oh, man. Okay. Okay, good deal, good deal. Okay, so look at Acts 6, 1 through 7 again, and I'll just draw one point out again. And this is looking at the dynamics of group, dominant groups and subdominant groups, okay? Now, in these days, this is previous, obviously this is earlier than Acts 14, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. So I've done the study, and I can you can trust me here. The Hellenists here are the Jews that have learned Greek culture and Greek language that are new Christians, right? A complaint has come up among them because the brand new Christians who were Jewish, who loved Hebrew culture and Jewish language, the, 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 they're still in Jerusalem now. They're still in Judea now. The, 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 the dominant cultural group, their widows are getting good care. The subdominant cultural group, their widows are not getting as good care. So what you have here is the dynamics between dominant group and subdominant group. Majority, minority, insiders, second-class people, right? And so what the apostles do, okay, and we looked at this recently, the apostles, along with the people of God, they say, hey, we have to be focused on the Word of God in prayer, and we're going to appoint seven men with good, full of the Spirit and with good, a good reputation to lead this ministry. Guys, you got to come way all up. Come on. Hey, God, come on, Paul. Come on. Y'all come on up. Will, come on up. This is, we're having, we're going to have one big conversation tonight, so we want to just stay tight. Oh, let me give y'all paper. Here you go. Okay. All right. So, Acts 6. All right. So, they did that. Verse 5. What they said pleased the whole gathering. That is, the apostles would focus on the word and, and prayer. And that they would appoint these people. Okay? And so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip and Prochorus and Nicanor and Timon, not Pumbaa, but Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Okay? 
So what did we learn about three weeks ago about those seven names? They're, that's right. They're all Hellenist names. They're all Greek names. So the problem was the dominant group was not giving as much care to the subdominant group. So when they wanted to get the ministry done well and make sure they didn't neglect the subdominant group, they appointed all the leaders from the subdominant group. And it worked. So once again, not only do we want to anoint and, and go along with and support indigenous leadership from in, in, in parts of the city that, that, that we're not indigenous to, but the last thing we want to do is take their place, replace them or rule over them or make them do it the way we would do it in our culture, right? Because there's a reason they appointed seven men all with Greek names because they understood the culture. And just note one more time, the first and last name have a descriptor. And the first name, right, is Stephen himself, full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. So here's what's great news. Guess what? In the worst pockets of our city, tonight there'll be widows praying for their grandchildren because those widows already know Jesus and call upon his name. So when we show up and do anything good, we're their partners, and that's great. Secondly, there are people in those neighborhoods already full of faith in the Holy Spirit. God isn't going to send us there to save the day. He's going to send us there to partner with people that are like Stephen. And they're probably not today in the PCA. And that doesn't really matter. It really doesn't. So that's just, you know, the kingdom of God is just a lot bigger. If the kingdom of God is the size of this fellowship hall, our awesome denomination that I love is this big. So just saying. Okay. All right. Now, the, the other person that has a descriptor after his name, right, is the very last person, Nicholas, very Greek name, Jolly of St. Nick here, a proselyte of Antioch. That's interesting. Luke is dropping a hint about what's coming. Antioch, the church in Antioch is going to be the first church to send missionaries out to the Gentiles. And Luke wants you to, he's showing you that before it happens. He's getting you ready for that. So that's wonderful. So, um, so the main thing I want to say is we have to really get behind indigenous leaders globally and locally. We need to be sensitive that our partners don't feel like we're trying to be the dominant group when there's, when we're helping them do ministry in their culture. We need to empower Subdominant leaders to lead subdominant groups because they get dynamics that we don't get. We have blind spots about that because we live in the majority culture. We have we've we're used to having a lot of privileges and power, and so we'll make all kinds of cultural mistakes if we don't partner with them. Okay, and finally, I just want you to know, y'all know that we have a partnership with Alton Hardy and Urban Hope. Right And team two, their job, they're there tonight. Listen to Brian Figert and Alton Hardy. Team two is going to tell us next week what they've learned from Urban Hope and how we can be their good partner. So here's something that I've known this whole class, and maybe a couple of y'all have heard it, but, but Urban Hope wants to plant multiple churches in our city in pockets of uh, dense um, poverty. Well, based on what we just read in Acts, that's great news for us. If we want to do effective ministry among the poor in pockets of concentrated poverty, 
Alton Hardy is praying and bringing church leaders into our city to plant churches in neighborhoods where we want to have an impact. Well, those will be indigenous leaders who are, who are coming from subdominant cultures to function in, in a culture of subdominance. And one of the things we can do is just get behind them. So when we're looking at a whole big city with a bunch of huge problems, one thing we can say is, oh, there's a new church plant. Name of, uh, is it, do we say Titus, Titusville, Titusville? Titusville. Okay. So there's, you know, maybe there's going to be a new church plant out of Urban Hope, out of Fairfield in Titusville. And one thing the deacons, Team Four, can do is say, we want to support that church plant. And there might be lots of ways people from our church can go help that pastor and that indigenous leadership. But the main thing is we want them to tell us what those helpful ways are. Does that make sense? But it might be really concrete. So here's what's also awesome of timing-wise. The, the, the most likely candidate to plant the next church out of Urban Hope, out of Fairfield in a new neighborhood, he arrived yesterday, and I spent hours with him and his wife yesterday. He just happened to go to seminary with Josh Johnson years ago. Awesome guy, um, African-American, great, gifted guy. He's in town tonight. He's at that event with Team 1 and Team 2. And tomorrow, I'm hosting a breakfast, breakfast here with Alton Hardy with like six other potential church planters, African-American guys who might come and be part of a network of church planters in pockets of concentrated poverty in our city. So these guys may end up being the very kind of partners we need to be effective in those neighborhoods, which also means, here's an alternative for us. Look at the italics down here. The reinvent the wheel sign-up sheets are in the basement. So if anybody wants to reinvent the wheel on reaching cultures that we're not really experts at reaching, the sign-up sheets are down in the basement. If you can find it, you can sign up. <laughs> but the, the good news is we don't have to do that. So we've, we've, we've been learning together for a couple months now, and we have to keep learning together, and that's really important, and I appreciate how invested everyone has been in this. But don't feel the pressure that we have to solve poverty in Birmingham. We can't. But it's really, really wise if we care and we find the right partners and saddle up to the right partners and empower them. Does that make sense? All right, that's the main thing I want to say tonight. I'm completely done. The, 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 this training video sound will now be cut off. And now we just get to have a, have a conversation.